Hi everyone and welcome back to the Wellness That Works podcast. We're back for episode 101, so obviously all the antics of episode 100 didn't get us fired, which is a bonus. Um, as usual, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host Pip. Good morning, Pip. Good morning. I love it when you say fabulous co-host. It makes me feel like we're on a game show. I mean, you're also my only co-host, so... That's that true. Yeah. <laughs> my most fabulous <laughs> and most favourite co-host. How are you doing, Pip? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Good, yeah, really good, thank you. Sun's shining, it's a good day. Um, we're also joined today by a special guest. We've got celebrity chef and author of One Pound Meals, Miguel Barkley with us. Hey, Miguel. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you, good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, yeah, super excited to have you with us today. So obviously the, the cost of living and, and food prices going up is um, is on the front of everyone's minds at the moment. So getting to talk a bit about one pound meals and how we can make some savings on our on our food bills is is going to be super useful so um yeah really interested in getting into that discussion but first of all tell us a little bit about how you got into food in the first place yeah it's a bit of a weird one uh it, it was by accident at the time um so i just needed a job that was a, a guaranteed job while i was doing my gcse's my a levels and my degree so i went to this temping agency and i was like right what can i do that I can call you up the day before and you can guarantee there's work for me the next day whenever I need it. And they were like, kitchen porter. So um, I learned how to be a kitchen porter, which is basically uh, washing up. Um, so I used to go from restaurant to restaurant, from health club to health club, hotel to hotel. I even did McDonald's uh, and, and a couple of other high street ones that you might recognize. Um, and uh, was employed for a full six years as a, uh, as a washer-upper. Um, and you learn an awful lot because I was right in the middle of the kitchen. You can't get more in the heart of the kitchen uh, than, than the washer-upper. Um, so I, I learned all the different sort of techniques. I learned all the different types of food. I learned, more importantly, mass catering, which is different to cooking at home. So if you imagine you're cooking, I don't know, a hundred chickens it's a different process to cooking one chicken um or if you're cooking i don't know like basically as soon as you scale it up you get in trouble we've all experienced this you've got this dish that you can cook really really well at home yeah you have a dinner party you've got 10 people coming around you multiply everything by 10 and you get into trouble because because stuff doesn't work um like it's as simple as um I don't know if you if you were making a sauce if you just multiply it by 10 and put a load more water in it's going to take like half a day for that to evaporate down um and and, and stuff like that so i just got a real appreciation of, of cooking um and then i did a, a biochemistry degree so oh, wow so yeah that's why stuff like um multiplying up things sort of resonates so well with me because that's sort of how my brain works um and and understanding problems before you get to them. So, um, yeah, cooking for multiple people is totally different to for cooking for one or two people. Um, and, um, and yeah, my brain just works like that. And I got really interested in it. That's so interesting. And did you have like a interest in cooking and food beforehand at all? Or were you one of those students that rocked up to uni having never switched on an oven and never had to cook a meal for himself at all? <laughs> No, to, to be fair, I, I was I was interested in in food. I hadn't yeah. really had that much experience though. Um, but this was before the days of Jamie Oliver, 
So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm older than I look, you see. Um, But but yeah, I I started to get fascinated. So I started to watch all the different stuff on the TV and there wasn't even that much stuff to watch. So there was this guy called Keith Floyd. That sort of gave you a bit of an insight. But back then, and also there was only four channels. So there's nothing you could watch that would transport you right into the heart of a kitchen. Um, So it was almost like I had a front row ticket to the theatre version of Kitchens by by being the washer-upper. And I could really sort of get to see how it worked. And then you, you also have, like, you know, every cookery show has like a, a personal sort of, uh, the relationships and, 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 and someone getting angry and stuff. And that's half the story. Uh, it's not just about the cooking, it's about the way it's cooked. Uh, and I had that as well. So I saw chefs storm out of the kitchen uh, I, I saw a couple of punch-ups uh, between wow. chefs and, and, and stuff like that, and it was fascinating, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and, and, and it's my passion. It's what I enjoy doing. I love anything to do with cooking, absolutely anything. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. So when did you first start making your own recipes? It, well, so once I left university, I was a biochemistry a, bio, a biochemist I did a little bit of that for a few years uh, and then I started working in an office so um, I had like a, a tv not a tv what they call computers <laughs> one of the big ones that that, that had like a, yeah. a, a tube not one of those flat screen ones um, yeah. and I used to just get up a, a, an excel spreadsheet um, and then I used to play this game where I, I tried to make something cost a pound so anyone that was in the office would think I was working because if you look over at someone's computer screen and they got a spreadsheet up like you know they're not doing that for fun but I was so I, I'd list out all the ingredients no you're giving you're giving away all my secrets <laughs> um, how I've kept a job for the last 15 years yeah exactly you always have an excel spreadsheet up and, you, and you're all right um and then I'd have uh, internet uh, browsers open as well um for, for all the supermarkets and then I'd just cross-reference the prices like it for most people, this isn't fun and it is like a job. Um, but obviously, I wasn't being paid to do that. But I mean, I, I get my fun from different ways to most people. I, I like spreadsheets and cross-referencing prices and and then uh, sort of doing uh, sums and stuff where it, it divided the cost of the whole packet by how much you used. And then that gave you yeah. the amount that it cost per dish. And then I was making these meals for a quid. And then on the way home, I used to dive into the supermarket buy the ingredients that, that I'd calculated that day, go home and then cook a meal for a quid. Amazing. Yeah. You, you really appealed to me there. I love a good spreadsheet. I love a VLOOKUP. I love it. I love it. I love it when a formula works after you've been working on it all day. But but obviously, so that the, the, the one pound meal thing then was, was born out of the love of spreadsheets and a bit of a challenge for yourself, was it? Yeah. So like when I was at school, I wasn't that into the subjects that didn't have a definitive answer so stuff like English language English literature I was into maths I wanted it was either right or it was wrong and with cooking there's there's no real way to get that sort of definitive black and white it's either right or wrong so I sort of injected that aspect of it in there with is it a quid is it not a quid Uh, and then it just made it like (laughs) <laughs> more fun for me basically you nerdified it I can relate to that yeah. <laughs> I'm sat here with a little mod of the Starship Enterprise on my desk so there is no nerd judgment in this house <laughs> exactly and then um 
my dream for for this game that I came up with was that other people were going to compete against me. So I thought, let's stick it on Instagram, um, and then I can have like competitions and and leave it up to the Instagram followers who cook the best dish for a pound. So I thought they'd be like, I don't know, some guy in Sheffield that would cook a bolognese for a pound, and then we'd we'd fight it out like who cooked the best meal, the best bolognese for a pound, or or, or, or whatever, or or they'd come up with an ingenious dish, uh, but it never happened. I, I started posting it on Instagram and people just cooked the dish that, that I posted and no one came up with their own one. So e- even to this day, I've probably only ever had three or four that I can count. People said, oh, I made this for a pound. Um, n- normally it's just people copying what, what I've done. And then mm. that grew into me writing cookbooks. Um so, so, yeah, I was, I, was, I was quite lucky. It was, it was a bit of a fluke, to be honest. Well, challenge accepted. I'm definitely up for trying to whip something up for a pound. Um, I usually may... Actually, to be fair, we do... We, we, cook, a lot, we cook a lot at home, um, but I really enjoy baking as well. So I, I might try uh, a sweet treat uh, of some sort and break it down into all the cost per portion, and I will let you know if how much it costs and if I can get it down to a pound. But it must be much harder now, especially with the cost of living and the cost of food and and everything increasing so much in supermarkets. Have you have you noticed that really tangible challenge now and a, a really feeling, you know, the obvious difference in the cost of ingredients before compared to now? Yeah, one one hundred percent. If you look at so I'm I've done seven cookbooks now. I'm just writing my eighth at the moment and. Um, if you look at cookbook one, I, I had a pork chop in one of them yeah. for a quid. Like it, it, it was a bit of a cheat. It was like a it, it was a pork loin steak, and, and you used to get them in in like a pack of six, uh, and they and they're quite thin, but it still looks impressive when it's on the plate. I served it with with a lovely uh, mashed potato, sort of like a little sort of cool cannon sort of vibe. Uh, it had some uh, some cabbage in it, uh, and then where you'd fried the. The, the pork loin steak <laughs> we're not even going to call it a pork chop because it, it isn't quite a pork chop um you, you sort of add a bit of water to the dish and, and you can make like a little jus uh, that goes mm-hmm. on it so that was in book number one and that cost a quid uh and there is no way I could do that now for a quid no way no. at all so what I found is that a lot of my recipes now I'm not using meat as the main ingredient so something like a pork chop dish or, or something like a steak and chips or something like that. The meat is the main ingredient. But what I do now is I use meat more as a flavoring. So it would be something like a pork fried rice where you can get away with using probably 10% of the pork that you would use in that dish. You can chop it up small, maybe pan fry it with a little bit of a glaze on it, put it to one side and then do the fried rice and then mix it in at the end and you get like a bit of a char siu sort of vibe. And that's the way you got to do it. It's got to be a little bit clever. And to be honest, that's more cooking. Like pork chop and mash isn't really cooking. Like that, that's. Too, I mean, it is cooking, obviously. But it's not the most creative cooking that you could do. Um, but that's just how I've evolved. Like you get better and better and better. And when you're on book number eight, you're going to be better than you were at book number one. Um, and you and your recipes are going to be more imaginative and more more creative because you've used up all the easy ideas. So you got to have the, the harder ideas. So pork char siu fried rice isn't even in any of my books but now I've thought of it it's going to be in the next one and that's how my brain works you think about food you go off on a tangent you come up with an idea 
and I can promise you that dish will be in my next book now. Uh, and Great. I can credit you two with having yeah, uh, please. spurred that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look forward to my royalty check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Came to you while you were on the podcast. Yeah, because that's a great tip, though, a great hack to, to use meat as sort of chopped up as a flavouring to make it go further. What sort of what sort of other hacks do you do that you can replicate throughout the books? Is, is there a theme of something you might use or something you might do differently to make that food stretch further? Yeah, that's probably the main one is, is use meat as a flavouring. So you could even do it with like a rasher of bacon. Like imagine you had one rasher of bacon left. Like what are you going to do? You can't make a bacon sandwich out of one rasher of bacon pick a cover it in chocolate but yeah, you could chop it up it and put it <laughs> yeah. you could put it in a fried rice easily um but the, the the main thing and what it all always boils down to is cooking from scratch mm. and not allowing anybody to have any involvement in the food so if you, if we take something as simple as carrots like you can get a bag of carrots or you can get a little bag of carrots that have been chopped into batons but if you're going to get a little bag of carrots that's been chopped into batons, you paid a man in a factory to chop it up. Or if he hasn't chopped it up, somebody's bought a machine that does it automatically and you're paying the man for the, for the use of the machine that he bought so he could make money. And then you're like, that is what you want to get away from. Like, why pay someone else to do something that, that you could do yourself? Uh, and to put it into really simple terms, imagine there was a guy next door whose job it was to chop stuff in carrots into batons and I bought a bag of carrots would I drop him off at his house to chop them up and pick them up later no I'd do it myself so just buy the real carrots that haven't been chopped up and you're going to get probably let's say minimum five times more carrots for the same price but probably 10 times more carrots for the same price um, it's the convenience though isn't it that's the challenge so that's what we've touched on before is how um, you know, the convenience of these prepared foods is, you know, it's a time saver. So busy people, busy families rush into the shops and think, I can get these meals that are half prepped for me, or like you say, the carrots that are already chopped or the rice that's already cooked or anything like that. But it definitely comes with a higher price tag than having the raw ingredients there fresh for you to take home and prepare yourself. So especially, you know, everyone living such busy lives at the moment, it's really hard to really push people to lean towards those fresher cheaper ingredients when convenience is king that's it it's all about weighing it up so if the choice is between having a slightly more convenient meal cooked from scratch or a takeaway you've got to go for the slightly more convenient meal so there's a there's a scale um and it's easy for me to take you all the way to one end of the scale which is <laughs> grow your own vegetables <laughs> wash your own vegetables cook <laughs> yeah. your own vegetables um so yeah you've got to be you've got to be clever about it and that's the sustainability of your approach to cooking uh, that's something that the 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 ww do well with with the app and their the way that they think about it they're like is it sustainable because like, anyone can do some crazy stuff for one week but are they yeah. going to be able to do it for a year um and that's where the convenience comes in so I have a lot of uh, little sort of hacks with with convenience. So if I wanted to make a pizza at really, really short notice, you you got like ideas like you could use puff pastry. So you could do a puff pastry pizza. So like it, it's, it's not a real pizza, but it can be done at a moment's notice. Uh, another really good one is um, like if you really want to save money, you should cook rice from scratch. But if you're going to make like a, a fried rice dish, 
you really got to be cooking this rice the night before or at least give it an hour or two to, to cool down because you, you, you've got to use it cool. So sometimes I'll get one of those packets of rice, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the microwave packs of rice and, and, and it's ready to use straight away. And I know because I live three minutes away from the supermarket, I know that I can have a lovely fried rice dish on the table within 15 minutes if I just walk to the supermarket, get a few ingredients, come back uh, and cook it. Uh, and that's quicker that I can, than, than I can order a takeaway. But you're going to spend a little bit more by getting the the, the rice in the pack. Uh, and it's all about making it fit into your lifestyle because that's the only way that it's going to be sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Jace, did you write down that puff pastry pizza trick so you can have pizza anytime you want to? You can make it from scratch. Emergency pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I do it with um, with wraps. So I use the wrap, a wrap as a base. Mm. And they live in the freezer and you can hoik it out and the wraps defrosted in two minutes. Genius. And then, and then just stick on whatever you've got in the, free, in the fridge. It's a, good, yeah. it's a good pizza with leftovers scenario yeah really good um and one of the best things you can do if you want to save money is to have a repertoire of dishes that can be cooked using leftovers Mm. so for me one of my key ones would be um like a pasta or or a risotto or again back to the fried rice fried rice is such an economic dish um you can literally add a little bit of anything in there and uh and, and 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 away you go um and, and it's important to have something that fills you up. So again, with the sustainability of can you do this all the time, every day for a year, if you're not feeling full up, then then you're not going to be happy and, you, and, you, and, you, and you're going to get into trouble. Like you need to, you need to, you need to be happy when, when you're eating. So stuff like pasta for me is really key because I know I can have a bowl of pasta and I'm going to be lovely and yeah. full up and I'm going to feel great for the rest of the day. It's going to stop me not snacking, stuff like that. Um, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the exact mentality that we we do really lean into at WW, as I know you know. Um, and you know, being having those healthy foods, being full on those healthy foods, makes you make healthy decisions rather than um, you know snacking or binging and being hungry, and then you're more likely to find something in the back of the cupboard that um, maybe isn't as helpful for you. So um, yeah, couldn't agree more. I'm definitely one for um, big bowls of leftovers and pasta. We always have um, on a Sunday night, whatever veg we've got left over in the fridge, because it's been night a Sunday night. So we chop up everything that's left, anything that we can eat that's left over in the fridge, any veggies and put it in a roasted all up and put it in a big bowl of pasta. Um, and that's our like go-to Sunday night meal, which is always so good. Um, with a tin of tuna, of course. I have tuna with, <laughs> with pasta all the time, my favourite. But yeah, roasting up veg is amazing. Yeah. So what what I love so much about it is you get a little bit of sort of charred stuff on the corners. Mm. Uh, and for me, that's where most of the flavour comes from. So if you imagine, I don't know, a steak. I like my steak burnt on the outside and raw in the middle. And then you get the flavour of the, of the cooked meat. Uh, and, and that's what you can do with the veg. So... It might seem very boring to have a boiled parsnip, but a roasted parsnip, that's a whole oh, nother level. Like Delish. Yeah, in like a Michelin star restaurant, they would probably serve you a roasted parsnip with a load of stuff around the edge and they'd get the best parsnip money he's ever bought and then they'll roast it up so it's got the perfect amount of charring on it and, and, and colour and, and stuff like that. Like a lot of people just love the simplicity of that and... Um, 
and, and, and it can only, in my opinion, be achieved by roasting it uh, or pan frying it. So I'm a big, big fan of getting color on it. Anything I cook has to have a little bit of color. Uh, and for me, that's the, that's the core flavor that I'm looking for and, and the mm. one that makes me sort of the happiest. Yeah, you're so right. Color is flavor, as they say. Yeah, and, and my, my tip for, for roasted veg, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, so forgive me if I have, but um, to keep the, keep the points value down, if you've not got enough points left for a good glug of oil, which is what gives it all that nice caramelizingness, is um, a tablespoon of tomato puree, splash of water, mix all that around it, and then the tomato caramelizes in the oven and you get that nice sweetness attached to it you don't have to put loads of oil on top of it so that's um that's one we use quite a lot mm. yeah that is a great that's a great tip really good um so yeah, when that I was, one for your book. Uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> a few books ago I was doing that quite a bit with uh with stir fries and stuff like that so um because it's such a concentrated thing the, the 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 concentrated tomato uh you can start a stir fry off with it and it all sticks to everything and mm. uh and just turns out absolutely beautiful. Um, it's a really, really good ingredient to have, and uh, and cheap. Yeah, like, it doesn't get much cheaper than than that. It's it, yeah, really, really good tip. That uh, I like that. Well done, Jason. Thanks very much. Um, so, Miguel, can you talk to us a little bit about how you maintain, you know, a healthy, balanced lifestyle as well at home and with your family life, and what wellness uh, really means to you, and how that comes across in your cooking. Yeah, so with regards to, to how I eat as a family, um, I like to take shortcuts. For me, that is a, a key part of, of what I like to do. Um, I don't like to spend more than 10, 20 minutes cooking every day, mm. So, um, which might come as a shock because I love cooking so much. Yeah, but that surprises me, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, fitting from a, from a it. From a chef, in, I'm really surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fitting it into your daily routine. So I know that I'm busy. So, and I and I've got a kid, a three year old kid. Oh, he's four now. He's four yesterday. Uh, he's running me ragged, and and we we like to eat together. So even our dinners, we eat together. So I like to cook from scratch as much as I can, and I like to cook healthy-ish meals, but I like to be realistic about it. So one of my favorite go-to meals uh, is salmon. We eat a lot of salmon. But what I do, because I am so lazy in the house, is I'll get a side of salmon. Uh, I'll just put a little bit of olive oil, salt, pepper, and oregano. And then I'll get, you know, those little mini potatoes, the little salad potatoes. Sometimes mm. they're called Charlotte potatoes. Um, just the little mini ones. Uh, I chop them in half. Again, olive oil, salt, pepper, and oregano. So prep time is almost nothing. It's literally take it out of the packet. Uh, the potatoes I've cut in half. Now, the reason that I cut those potatoes in half is because I know the salmon takes 25 minutes in the oven. And I also know that the potatoes are going to take probably 40 minutes. But if I cut them in half, they're going to take 25. So I've got two trays of food that both take 25 minutes in the oven. I put them both in the oven um, and then I'll have either sprouting broccoli, like the tender stem broccoli, mm -hmm. uh, or, or asparagus if it's asparagus season. And I know to chuck that in 10 minutes before the end. And that's it. So I open my oven door, put those two trays in, I close the oven door, I wait till it's 15 minutes, I open it, put the uh, uh, broccoli on top of the potatoes, I close the door, and then I wait till the total's 25 minutes, I take it out and we eat. 
And, and that's probably a meal that, that I eat once a week. Uh, and that's 10 minutes prep. Not even 10 minutes. I'm over-exaggerating. It's probably three yeah, minutes prep. Um, and those are the sorts of meals that I like to do. Um, really, really quick. Really, really simple. Um, and they're very honest meals as well. It's, yeah. it's a meat and two veg. Like there's, there's such honesty about it. Like literally salmon comes, put in the thing. Like what I like to do is when I look at the receipt that I get from the, uh, the supermarket, I like everything to read like a list of ingredients, not like like a menu. So I want it to say garlic, potatoes, asparagus. I don't want it to say shepherd's pie, <laughs> mm. chicken nuggets. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. To help, it just doesn't need to be complicated, does it? Eating healthy can be very simple. You just have to put the time into a bit of planning. Yeah, exactly. And, and I really like tray bakes. I like uh, stuff that goes in the oven because if you only want to spend 10 minutes cooking, putting something in the oven means that you can go and do something else yeah. while it's cooking. But if, you, if you're over a, a pan and you're having to cook it, that's like half an hour's cooking, maybe even longer because you've got a bit of prep before. Um, so I'm always, always, always basically trying to make my life easy. Yeah. Um, and I, I very rarely eat takeaways. Uh, it was my kid's birthday yesterday, so we had a takeaway on, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to do brand names, but one of those famous <laughs> apps. And I had, to, I had to input all my details again because it had been so long since I'd used it. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I eat out probably maybe once a week. Uh, normally we go on a date night on a Thursday and we go somewhere fancy. Um, but for me that's really important because I need to keep on top of food trends. I need to understand the, the direction things are going, what's cool, what's not, yeah. and then get inspiration for the cookbooks yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I'm not terribly, like, I'm not the most exciting person to watch uh, what, what he cooks every day. But if you lived with me, you'd be full, uh, you'd be vaguely healthy, <laughs> and I wouldn't be slaving away in the kitchen all the time. I'd be hanging out with you. Uh, and, and they're the most important things for me. Absolutely. And, and you're we, not going to be spending too much either. No, exactly. And that's, I mean, those are all the sorts of things that we try and uh, instill in our members as well. And when we provide them with all the lovely recipes, which I know you've, you've tried some and you made some with um, Lorraine as well. Um, you know, they don't take hours and hours and they're simple ingredients. They're quick to make and full of flavor, which is so important because, um, you know, for some WW members who maybe aren't so confident in the kitchen, um, it's all about building up the, that skill set as well so that they can feel confident eating foods that are delicious, foods that they love, foods that are easy to prepare, cheap to get hold of. Um, and, you know, the whole family, the whole family can enjoy as well. So that's where it's definitely re really aligned with some of your lovely recipes, too. Um, have you ever had... And, and be honest here, have you ever had any total recipe fails that have just not worked at all or any kitchen disasters that you're proud of? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, well, I try. All right. So basically everything I do is for, for, for one pound. Yeah. Um, there's been many incarnations of my attempt to do lobster thermidor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a bit of a crazy one. So I like to do stuff that, that seems really difficult. Um, so I That's think... a proper I, challenge. Yeah. So what I ended up using was uh, those, those little small frozen prawns. Yeah. 
to, to mimic the, the lobster meat. Um, so I went through probably three or four different variations of that. I started, started off with one that was purely uh, vegetarian and, and I, was, <laughs> I scooped out an aubergine and then I kept the aubergine, uh, let's call it a shell in inverted commas, mm-hmm. Uh, and then mixed it with like a like a bit of a roux, which is like a like a flour and milk based sauce uh, with a little bit of uh, paprika, um, a little bit of cheese on it, uh, and and the actual flesh of the aubergine that had been chopped up and, and pan fried. And then I put that back in the aubergine shell in inverted commas, and then put that in the oven. Um, so there were lots of different variations of that. A couple of them spring up in in some of the books, but that that was a difficult one for me to do. Um, I did a vegan book. And I did a like a totally crazy quiche that that used um, I think it was uh, chickpea flour or polenta. I can't even remember. I think it was mm. polenta or something. So it was a bit like a polenta cake, but but like quiche. Uh, <laughs> that was a tricky one to do. Um, and um, but yeah, I mean you you got to try and you got to fail. But the thing is, is what I do is so simple normally that it doesn't it hasn't really got much chance of failing. Like as long as the chicken's cooked through and the veg isn't overcooked or undercooked, then, then, then you're all right. Like the flavors that I use are very ordinary flavors. And that's why people sort of gravitate towards my recipes because they're so achievable and they're so accessible because I'm not using anything weird. So one of my key things when I go to a supermarket is that I don't use uh, weird stuff. Yeah. Like I use stuff that people have already bought before. It's in your cupboard. They're comfortable buying. Yeah, and they know what it is. Like, I don't know, the craziest thing I use would be, I don't know, feta cheese. But almost <laughs> everybody that I know has bought feta cheese before. They know how to use it. Like there's no weird stuff. I don't have to write at the beginning, or oh, if you've never prepared feta before, be prepared because it's really crumbly. Maybe open it. Yeah. I don't have to do that. Like it's really easy. So people can read my recipe and go, oh, it's a bit of feta, a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, the most Relatable and achievable. Exactly. And that, that's how you do it. So I got a lovely letter from someone the other day. Uh, he emailed me and he goes, um, yeah, I bought your vegan book. And so far I've done 40 of the recipes. Uh, so there's 80 recipes wow. in the book. Uh, and he was like, uh, I've got lots of other cookbooks and the maximum I've ever done from anyone's cookbook is five. So it's absolutely crazy. And that's a recurring story that I get again and again and again. Because um, another thing with my cookbooks is that they're all sort of main course type things. There's no fillers. Like and a lot of cookbooks are like, oh, here's five smoothies you can make. Here's five hummuses you can make. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the main course, there's only like 10 recipes because yeah. it's sandwiched between a lot of filler. So um yeah, so this guy had made 40, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, That's and, amazing, and made yeah. Me feel, yeah, made me feel really, really proud. Um, but it's because there's nothing on there. When you read a recipe, you're always looking for a reason not to make it. Mm. So normally it's either there's too many ingredients, uh, it's too complicated, or you're not comfortable with some of the ingredients. Um, so if I can take all of that out, I show you a recipe there's no there's no excuse for you not to make it <laughs> so, and that's the thing I'm forcing people <laughs> to do it by uh, taking out all, all the things that, that might mean they wouldn't do it um which is a weird way of looking at it but but it's what works for me that's what you need that's why people end up and I'm, I'm sure most people are the same with like six or seven go-to dinners that you just cook on rotation so 
for us, it's a fish pie, it's a bolognese, it's mm. tacos, tacos, and obviously pizza. And ravioli. And ravioli on toast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's... It, and, and I guess it's, it feels like this is giving you just a new way of using all that stuff you already know, but just twisting it and giving you a different outcome from stuff you're familiar with. It's exactly what it is. That, that's hit the nail exactly on the head. Um, it's it's just easy. That's it. Yeah. Basically, if I if I can if I can come up with an easy recipe, someone's going to do it. If I come up with a complicated recipe, no one's going to do it. And mm. And, and I just don't understand the point of, of coming out with recipes that are too complicated. Um, I've got some, okay, I don't want to name any chefs, but I've got some books from some weird and wonderful chefs and I open it and I'm like, there's no way anyone's going to cook that. Mm. Like, uh, uh, do you remember the, the restaurant called The Fat Duck? Yeah. Um, yes. I've got, yeah, I've got yeah. The Fat Duck cookbook somewhere. And I'm, but I think he's done that more because it's it's amazing to read, but I don't yeah. think anyone's cooking it. Um but, yeah, you but have yeah, to so that's set sort of, aside like a whole yeah. weekend to prepare some of those recipes, don't you? And people just don't, people just don't have the time. I know, especially you know, WW members are just after those quick and easy, healthy recipes that are going to keep them full, keep them healthy and happy, and just let them get on with their day. Because ultimately, you know, there there are so many people out there that don't like cooking, don't like preparing food. It mm. always blows my mind that my one of my best friends hates cooking and anytime I'm with her, it's like the last thing she wants to do is to stand over an oven and cook something. So, um, you know, she, she doesn't really have those go-to, go-to meals that she likes to cook, whereas I'm really happy to spend some time preparing that and doing the food shop and thinking what it's going to turn out like. Um, but so many people don't. So we've just got just to gotta make it easy for them. It's the best, the best way for them to be able to eat healthily. Yeah, exactly. So like a, a great example would be, like normally you'd boil some potatoes to have with a stew to make a mash or something. But in my recipes, you get the potatoes, you chop them up and you chuck them in with the stew yeah. and then just cook at the same time as the stew and you'll have a stew and it's got the potatoes in. So the washing up is one spoon to get the stew out into the bowl <laughs> and that's it. And, that, and that's a real big thing for me. It's like I always got one eye on the washing up. Yeah, because that's yeah. what I have at home. Whenever I cook at home, I've got one eye on the washing up. If I've got to use three or four pans to make something, and it's I don't know Wednesday night, and it's everyone's in a rush, I've got, got to get the kid to bed or whatever. I don't want to be cooking on four or five pans. Right. I, I want to try and make one pan. Uh, so normally I have to wash up one chopping board, one knife, one pan, and that's it. And life's too short for more than that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what is your go-to, or actually not your go-to, let's do from the last week, what has been your favourite meal, your dinner of the week for the week? What was it? Oh, let me think. I did a, ah, well, this is the one that, that, that my kid ate all of. And I'm talking like, a, and he even came back for seconds, Good. which is rare. Uh, and it was a pesto, a homemade pesto. Oh, Delicious. Um, now, normally, I don't get the food blender out because it's difficult to wash. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought, like, like he's into pasta, um, and then, and I just thought, right, I'm going to do it. So um, I just got a, a bunch of basil, a clove of garlic, um, and some some Parmesan cheese, um, and a bit of olive oil, and that was it. And and you know what? It was worth it because. Normally, when you cook pasta, you have to cook a pasta sauce. So that, that's two pans mm-hmm. that, that you've got on the go. You've got one 
boiling water for the pasta and you've got one pan where you're cooking like a tomato sauce or whatever. Um, so I thought, because I'm getting rid of that extra pan, it means I can have one other thing to wash up. <laughs> so, so that's so I got the blender out and then and then made that and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, really, really, really nice. Um, and, and, and he really enjoyed it. Um, and then another Kids one. Kids love the pesto, don't they? But the ones from yeah. the shop, they're so full of salt and, and all kinds of stuff that you don't necessarily want in there. Yeah, I've, I've just gone off the shop one a little bit and I don't know why and I don't want to sound snobby and, and it makes me sad with myself that, that I've got to the stage where I don't want to eat the shop-bought one. But I, I don't know. Like, the shop-bought one should be fine, but I just wanted to make my own one and, and it really did taste spectacular compared to the shop one. Um, but I never wanted to be that guy. I never wanted to be the guy that wouldn't eat shop-bought pesto, but I turned into him uh, and it's not my fault. <laughs> um, and then another one that I made, because he loves his pasta, I made meatballs, but instead of making them with, with, with meatballs, I just got a pack of sausages and then I, I chop yeah, them. Okay. So I chop them in half and then in thirds. So I get six uh things out of one sausage so uh it was a pack of six so i've been doing my times tables with him so i know six times six is 36 so you get you get 36 meatballs out of a pack of sausages amazing and you don't but the thing is right you don't roll them in your hands don't do anything because that is the hassle that i can't go through i just just to do that is annoying imagine you're trying to sort out like a household's worth of things and, and you're rolling sausages in your hands and stuff and you just got sausage hands and uh, and stuff like that so what i do is that you get a chopping board you literally chop it into six so you, maybe these two fingers have touched the sausage mm. just to steady it while you could chop it and then you pour it straight into the pan and you pan fry it so i haven't de-skinned it or anything and then because the way that the frying works they turn into perfectly uh, cylindrical balls Genius. so you don't have to do any of that stuff so then you fry that up you get a bit of color on it and you've got 36 meatballs in a pan I use a wok so one of my things is that I hate overcrowding the pan mm -hmm. like I can't stand it so I don't even use frying pans anymore I've got a roasting tray so whenever I cook something I cook it on a roasting tray oh, or if it's yeah or if I need to f flip it or anything I use like a, a big wok so I cooked all the, uh, the, the, the 36 meatballs in a wok um, and then I, I added some chopped garlic and then I added a, a, a jar of passata um, It's because it's what I had. Normally I'd use chopped tomatoes and to be honest, chopped tomatoes are my favourite. I only did the passata because I had some. Um, and then you fry that up because uh, you really have to give it a little bit of time. Anytime you're using cooked uh, chopped tomatoes, you have to give it 10 minutes of, of frying because yeah. otherwise you get a weird metallic taste. Um, so, yeah, fried that up, boiled some pasta, mixed it all together. Uh, oh, no, I didn't mix it together. I put the pasta on the plate and then put the meatballs on top so it looks like it does in the cartoons. And he absolutely loved it. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's a couple of meals that, that I did this week. And, uh, and, and the, the one with the meatballs especially just shows how my brain needs to make my life easy yeah. um and, and and that's how i did it yeah brilliant. powered by laziness i love it <laughs> what was yours jace this, this week? is practicality this is practicality of the modern life um so yeah so my dinner of the week was um 
it's something I thought I'd invented about three or four years ago, but it turns out it's actually a, an actual thing. So um, we we used to call it tomato and egg dip, but it turns out it's actually called shakshuka. Oh my god! And um, <laughs> it turns out I invented shakshuka about three years ago. So um, and it's and it's just um, and this is slow cooker working for us because it was some veg and some tomatoes lumped it all in the slow cooker, left it for a few hours, stuck it on on my lunch break. And then by the time it was dinner time, decanted it into some little bowls, a couple of eggs on top in the oven with a part bake roll for sort of 10 minutes just to just to cook it through. Um, a bit of cheese on top, a bit of cheeky cheese. Um, and, and that everything in that, um, apart from the cheese, was zero points for me as mm. well. So that's when obviously apart from the bread. But, um, but yeah, so apparently I invented chakshuka. Well, I'm happy for you. Although you definitely didn't. Thank you. <laughs> oh. What about you, Pip? Um, I, you know, I've had one of those weeks where I just, I, I don't even know. I've been all over the place. It's, we've had such busy, full-on days, a crazy weekend, mental work schedule, and I just have not been able to prep a single decent meal. So I've just been having whatever's left over, post eggs on toast most of the time. Um, and I've just been not feeling too good about it, actually, because I haven't been getting enough veggies in. Um, and actually, after this conversation, I feel much more inspired and motivated to actually, you know, plan some convenient meals and just put some thought into, like you've said, Miguel, less washing up, whatever, whatever can help get that mealtime done quicker. And it's still be really delicious and healthy meals. So I'm feeling really inspired to make sure I'm fueling myself better for next week because I've just had one of those weeks that has not gone to plan at all. Um, but that's okay. We all have them, but I'm definitely feeling better about it now. This conversation has helped massively, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's been good. I know a good book you can try to uh, get several. I know seven, <laughs> <laughs> soon to be eight. Yeah, it's quite weird though because they, they did two compl- uh, compilation books. So I'm almost up to 10, but I don't know if legally they count because um, they're not new recipes. Not the so I did a book for uh. The WH Smiths. Do you remember? Do they still exist? They do still exist. Still exist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is about four or five years ago. They did a compilation of book one and two, but I never counted it in my repertoire. Okay. But I was thinking I should do. That's a book. It's got its own ISBN number. So uh, yeah, technically that and, counts. And then I've got another one coming out um, in um, oh, probably about a few weeks now. It's a student one pound meals. Brilliant. Uh, and it's a compilation of the previous uh, seven books. Um, but it's like a proper student guide, so it's got no photos or anything. It's tiny and it's and it's all in black and white, and it's like a handbook type thing. Um, so yeah, they keep they keep resurrecting my old uh, old back catalogue and uh, and doing doing stuff with it. Oh, so um, yeah, I'm going to be up to ten books uh, this time next year because I've got another one nice. coming out next year. Yeah, oh, I could could have done with that when I was at uni. I'd spent three years living off turkey drummers and waffles. Nice. <laughs> Did you used to cook the waffles in the toaster? Do you know you can do that? No, see, I don't think that was a thing back back in my day. Yeah, pre TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all those yeah, kitchen exactly. hacks. Kitchen hacks. <laughs> Yeah, how did we survive before that? So we had to come up oh. with our own ideas and then pass them around word of mouth. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been so good to chat to you today, Miguel. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and sharing all your kitchen hacks and tips. Um, we've learned a lot, haven't we, Jace? It's been great. 
We have. I certainly have. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks ever so much. Like, I really enjoyed it. So great. Just, this is what I like to do: talk about food. So I've ca- I came to the right place. Absolutely. So thanks a lot, guys. No, you really did. Thank you. Uh, and we will catch up with you guys all very soon. So thanks very much, and have a good week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.